This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast. This episode, I am bringing back my good friend, Shannon Moore. For those of you who have been longtime listeners of this podcast, she was the very first guest I ever had on my show. I had really decided in order to bring a guest on the show, I need to take advantage of my friends. And luckily, she let me do it a second time. We also get to hear the brand new single from Laura Hope in the Arctone, so you'll want to stick around for that. But before we get this bar open, let's start off with the drink recipe. This one is pulled from the recipe book on DiageoBarAcademy.com, and it's called Ciroc and Peppered Strawberry, dash calorie conscious. A brief description about this drink. Spice it up. Ciroc vodka chilled with light lemonade, fresh strawberries, and a pinch of pepper. Serve straight up. This is a sweet and sassy sippers got zing. Wow, try to say that three times fast. Anyway, the recipe. Uh, you need one and a half ounces of Ciroc vodka, one and a half ounces of light lemonade, one quarter sliced strawberries, and a, one pinch of fresh ground pepper. Here's how you make it. Combine all the ingredients in an ice-filled shaker. Shake well, strain into a well-chilled martini glass, and garnish with a strawberry slice. If you uh, try that or you get one of your customers to try it, please let me know. And you know, all you have to do is email me, dude at heybartenderpodcast.com. And don't forget to visit our website, www.heybartenderpodcast.com. So now that we got the drink special out of the way, Laura Hope and the Arctones, would you please help me get this bar open? Well, uh, anyway, we'll, I guess we'll just get started here. Uh, get record here, and we're off to the races. How? Uh, so, Shannon, welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast. Happy to be back. Uh, you know, it again. is, uh, some of my listeners uh, might know, you were my very, very first guest on this show ever. And, of course, you since you and I have been friends for over 20 years, you know, it only seemed to be appropriate that you were the first guest. And... You are also, as of right now, the first repeat guest. So, congratulations. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I did miss the 100th anniversary party, but... No, technically you were there since that was a best of episode. I think I put a clip of you in there. I know, and I need to find that one so I can take a look at it, because oh. I was looking for it, because it, I heard I had a special mention in there or something. So. Oh, it's the 100th episode, so... But anyway, so... Glad to have you back, uh, as usual, with everything that, well, ever since you and I met, everything bartending-related or customer service-related, I've always come to you for advice, or you've smacked me over the head and said, you're doing it wrong. And, so, you know, we got, it's been three years later, there are new topics, there are new things that, uh, new things that we can talk about, and, uh, you know, if, and just for to, a reminder to all the listeners, if you want to go back and li- uh, listen to uh, Shannon's backstory. We do. A, yeah, it, would you agree it was a fairly quick summary on your career as a bartender? Uh, the last ep- the first episode that we did together. Yeah, it was pretty speedy. You know, mm-hmm. it takes a long time to go through thirty years of bartending. So, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, you know, some some I'm sure I've had a lot more stories to say. 
but you know, they don't, you don't always remember everything at the same time. No, I have to agree with you on that. Just because so uh, have, I've done things pop up, and I'm like, Warren, why didn't I talk about that? Why didn't <laughs> I talk about that? Because that would have been fun. Well, it's uh, it's tough when, even for me. I mean, I've done almost 180, 180 episodes of this show, and I'll sit back and think, God, I don't know what to talk about for tonight's show. But then all of a sudden, something will smack me over the head in the middle of the night, and if I don't write it down, it'll be gone forever. And I do that. I do that all the time. <laughs> I do that all the time. In fact, I was, you know, trying to think of things for for the genre for today and, and I'm like okay I'm not really sure but should I write stuff down I'm not really sure maybe oh come on you know that pretty much our conversations at least are fairly organic I mean you, all yeah. the late night conversations you and I used to have uh, after bartending and eating grilled cheese sandwiches that was just the way we, uh, you and I used to roll <laughs> yeah grilled cheese at three in the morning yeah, and Perfect. your, your uh, San Francisco sourdough grilled cheese were always mm-hmm. awesome, but they would also hit uh, the bottom of my stomach like a lead pellet. Well, you know, it was either that or Denny's at 3 in the morning. That was fun, too. But breakfast. <laughs> that was fun, too. Which but, was also a great time. Yeah. That's uh, all of us getting together. Those were all, uh, get, uh, great times. I mean, you, me, Barb, and... Uh, Jim, Carl, you know, uh, just going over to Denny's and we just joke around pretty much the whole night. Or a garage party at Barb's. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, when you and I would just sit uh, sit at your place, watch a movie because neither of us were tired enough to go to bed yet uh, after work. And mm-hmm. you'd usually, well, not always, but you'd most of the time fall asleep and I'd uh, sneak out of your house while you fell asleep on the couch. But it was always good conversation and good company, so... I still miss shopping at 3 in the morning, though, when Thriftway used to be open. Oh, yeah. I used to go shopping at 3 in the morning and buy my groceries. It was so much fun there. Because there's nobody there. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And it's uh, a lot different right now. I mean, uh, even with uh, coronavirus and all that stuff going on right now, you you still feel, uh, if you go to the grocery store in the middle of the day, it gets really claustrophobic. Well, you know, since I work there now. Yeah. You get a little claustrophobic every once in a while, just all of a sudden people piling up in your line? Well, I'm just in a register, so I kind of have my own spot. but. And you still got the plexiglass separating you and your customers? Yeah, but, you know, not even the registers are six feet apart, so. Yeah, true. The people aren't going to be six feet apart. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, I just have to try and work with the customers that I get. You know, I have the ones that really don't care. I have the ones that care way too much. And I have the ones that are just, you know, being careful. I have the other ones that are really paranoid. And then, you know, I try and appeal to people's sensitivities or lack of. <laughs> yeah, that's there seems to be a lot of that going around lately. Which is is, you know, it just there everybody's different, you know, and being out there 7 days a week working with the public every single day. Yeah. You know, I I just try and work with with whatever that person's comfort zone is. Yeah. 
Because that's all you can do, really. Sure. Well, since um, you, uh, I already kind of gave you a basic idea, uh, something that I that has come up that I'm a little bit curious about. Uh, you are you have a lot more experience behind the bar, going back a little bit farther than me. And the subject of political correctness, of course, has been a, been a huge deal for the uh, for the last couple of years. Uh, and everything from the Me Too movement to Black Lives Matter to uh, Stop Asian Hate, all that stuff. And you go back into the 80s. Now, uh, mm-hmm. when, you comp- uh, when you see all this stuff happening on TV and compare it to the way it was, uh, let's, let's go back. We don't have to go all the way back to your first day behind the bar or anything like that, but... Um, but how would you compare the way people acted back then to the way people act today? Well, it was totally different. I mean, I don't, it's really, you know, back in the eighties or, you know, even before that when I was in high school, but I mean, back in the eighties when I first started being out there and in the restaurants and the bars and working, you know, people's, you know, it was kind of some of, some stuff was just like standard has always stayed standard. Like don't let, don't talk politics and religion in the bar. That's always been a thing. Oh yeah. And that's always, it started with me as a thing and it still has always been a thing. That's just not something you, you uh, completely discourage that anywhere you go because it will start a fight. Yeah. Guaranteed. So, and it has, so, you know, those are two things that, you know, if you had patrons trying to do that, you would just say, um, yeah, we don't do that here. You know, you're supposed to be here drinking and having fun, and we don't talk politics or religion in here. Yeah, was, that's something that, uh, even with this podcast, I try to avoid those subjects as much much as possible just because, one, I don't know all this, uh, everything behind politics and just politics and religion don't belong in the, uh, don't belong in the bar. You, you, you expect everybody to drink, have a good time, dance and laugh, all that stuff. And that's kind of why I'll uh, kind of try to avoid it on the pod on this podcast, because I want to give, it's part of the whole thing of trying to give this, uh, give the illusion that you're actually talking to a bartender when you're listening to my podcast. Uh, hopefully you're... Well, yeah, and then God, God forbid this last year, anybody, luckily the bars were closed. Yeah. So, because, you know, inevitably somebody would have brought up politics in the bars this year. Mm. Because they even did in the grocery store. Right. And it's like, um, come on, um, yeah, we're just not discussing that, you know. Yeah. People get to have their political views. Yeah. And they get to pick and choose what they want to have. And, and that's, it gets to be okay for them to have their view and you can have your view. And I don't see why there has to be a problem, but people do have a problem with it. Well, sure. You know, it's like, I'm sorry I didn't pick your guy yeah. or, you know, or somebody's like, why didn't you pick my guy? What's wrong with my guy? Right. You know, and it's like, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a very, it's very personal. I think politics is very personal and 
Well, so is religion. Her people are getting, yeah, religion, but I mean, this was last year. The politics was a big deal. So, but I have people unfriending people because of their political views. It's like, you know, that doesn't make that person a bad person. Yeah. You don't like what they have to say, then just don't, just don't answer them. Exactly. Social media kind of took over pretty much. It was really just horrible. Like I said, luckily the bars were closed. Right. Could have been a lot, a lot of bar fights this year. <laughs> but, but, you know, back in the day, you could just say, hey, you just can't talk about this. And nowadays, I don't know if people really feel comfortable doing that. Yeah, and, uh, well, I do remember one night, uh, you weren't there that night at Paradise, but uh, your friend from Wankers, uh, she had uh, she had one too many, and she started running around asking people if they vote. And the, I wanted to stop her, but it was hilarious. Which one was it? Uh, I don't remember her name. It, uh, the really short one... Uh, uh, doesn't sharp, matter. Sharp blonde hair. Yeah, but uh, anyway, it doesn't matter if uh, it. There was in, a few blondes there. Yeah, Jail liked his blondes, but yeah, you know it's uh, it, yeah. Luckily the uh, the bars were closed, but uh, everybody in the last uh, uh, ten twenty years has really taken to social media and really started to try to broadcast themselves all over the place, and. At first, I was sitting back thinking, at least they're not bringing it into the bar, because what bartender wants to break up that fight every night? But it's also causing like social disconnection from everybody when social media was supposed to bring everybody together in a way. Mm-hmm. And since you can't go to, since for uh, all last year, most people couldn't go to their favorite bar to hang out with their friends who are most likely like-minded uh, and enjoy themselves, it became tougher on everybody. Let's uh, uh, but let's talk about something like uh, back in the eighties. There, it, a lot of this, uh, a lot of this stuff is a little bit, uh, a little bit touchy. That's why, truthfully, I really wanted you on the show because I really, really needed a uh, female's point of view on some, uh, some of this stuff. Like, uh, like for example, when I was bartending with you, I was I was fairly protective of the girls that came into my uh, came in when I was working, even though most of the girls absolutely needed no protection from me, or uh, you know they they didn't need my help for anything because they were all tough as nails. But uh, when you uh, when you you see guys how they uh, when I when I watched guys when I was working how they treated the girls and you know some guys would uh, treat girls differently. Uh, than others they some are more aggressive uh, was there a lot of change between you know between when you started bartending up to well let's uh, let's bring it up to today I mean in in the bar in the bar scenario uh, uh, the last time you remember working behind the bar uh, did did women get treated differently way back when than compared to present time oh yeah I was just talking about this with my friend today at work and you know basically you know oh getting... uh, interrupt you real quick i re- uh, i apologize wholeheartedly for referring to the 80s as way back when <laughs> oh no you're fine my son said to me my son said oh you need to get your corona shot you're old 
I mean, I mean, you're older. I mean, you're older. Not not old, mom. Just older. <laughs> That's. I'm funny. like it's oh it's okay, kid. Well, it 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 breaks Fine. my heart every once in a while when I'm listening to the classic rock <laughs> station out here in Texas and Nirvana's on it, and I'm and I'm like. When did Nirvana become classic rock? Well, it was 25 you, years ago. You're getting dated now. You're getting <laughs> dated now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when your songs are in the elevator, then you can you can be sad. <laughs> because, you know, a lot of my songs are elevator songs now, apparently. I don't know. But <laughs> considering I like all music from the 50s True. to now. True. So I, uh, I don't date myself because I like all music, even though I wasn't born. So, but, um, no, I was just talking to my friend today, uh, cocktailing, um, is a prime example. Um, it was not unusual to get your ass smacked while you were cocktailing, um, would be highly inappropriate these days. And I don't even find that anybody would even attempt to do that. To anyone. Well, even back in uh, when I used to bartend. In the old days, in the 80s, it was not uncommon and kind of was considered, you know, part of your job. Yeah. Like that's going to happen to you. Yeah, even when I was bartending, <sighs> there were was the occasional, not too often, occasional guy that would do that to a waitress. And uh, I, I would uh, in, immediately eject him from the bar if they, uh, if they did it. But... Uh, well, that was just one of the scenarios. There were a couple different scenarios where girl got smacked on the behind and, uh, she all of a sudden diffused it by saying, Oh, it's okay. I know the guy or something like that. But, um, but yeah, cocktail waitressing, uh, back in the eighties, that was, that was basically how it was really. Well, yeah, basically you, you had choices. You you could do something, which normally you didn't do because it could cost you possibly your job or a tip or something else. But um, Or you could just walk away from it or you could ignore it or and just move on or, you know, if you knew some some really cool guys, which you always were supposed to make friends with, um, the bikers and some high power guys in the bar, you could always put a little bug in their ear and they'd take care of it for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, cause things happened on the down low like that all the time mm. there. Yeah. I, there, that's something that there, I've brought up with, uh, brought up on this show quite a few times is, uh, make friends with the bikers and then uh, you don't have to worry about a thing anymore. The- I was always told. And when I first started, you make friends with the biggest, baddest guys in the freaking bar. Bikers were one of them. Mm. Repo guys. Um, there was some, some big wigs, repo guys that used to work for a huge car dealership in town. Don't know if I'm supposed to say names or not. Let's, let's not. Just for fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, they would they would be the guys that worked for these big wigs, and they'd go out 
and uh, repo cars, and they were huge. Mm. They they're huge men, and they were very popular. The drug scene was very open then. It was hugely open. It was I used to get tipped with coke folded up into dollar bills, and we had this big tip jar and. They'd fold it up into a dollar bill, like in a little square or something, and sure. they'd throw it and throw it in my tip jar. Well, I never told them I didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. Because you just never told them that. You just accepted it. You just didn't like. Oh, thank you very much, but I don't do that. You know, you just never said anything. You never. You just let them do whatever they they wanted to do, mm. and. They, of course, assumed you did because you worked in the business. Like, they assumed, you know, all cocktail waitresses, all bartenders slept around. Slept around. We all did drugs. We all drank. Everybody did drugs. Everybody slept around. Everybody, you know, um, because because you did that job. Well, I think people still think that about bartenders and servers. You were labeled. I'm not saying it's not true. Yeah. In, well, yeah. In many cases, in many cases, yeah. it is true. But, you know, in some cases, it's not. You know, a lot of people, it's like, you know, um, we had the strip joint across the street, which I won't name either. But, um, you know, those girls used to come in and have drinks before they would go to work. That, that strip club, if I if it's the one I'm thinking of, doesn't even exist anymore. No, it's gone now. Yeah, but, but they anyway. they weren't supposed to. But they would come in, and the door guys would let them in. They were there was a lot of minors. Mm-hmm. Door guys would let them in, anyways. Yeah. Um, OLCC wasn't really a thing back then. Not for years. Right. I mean, we didn't. That they, they weren't even a threat to any anything in the bar. You could do anything. The only time you really got, I'm off track now. The only time you really got <laughs> kicked out of a bar was if you started a bar fight. Right. And you got taken out of there hard and fast. Right. Uh, but the, girl, the girls would come in. I mean, the girls, those were girls. They had kids. They were trying to support their families. That was how they were making a living. And, you know, they the money was so good, they couldn't get another job. Right. That wouldn't just pay a minimum wage, you know? Now, I remember, uh, since you were talking about, you know, make fr- friends with the biggest, baddest people, I do remember there were a lot of customers that used to come in to when you and I were working together uh, who were always very, well, even, even probably before and after you and I worked together, uh, were very protective of you at, at all times. Oh, yeah. Um, always, most places I worked in had door guys mm-hmm. and they were very protective of any, any of the females. This was a little, a little later. This was the nineties, the but this one, this one guy in this bar I worked in before I was old enough to like not care. Mm. Um, he called me a bitch. Is that okay to say on the show? Yeah, it's a podcast. Don't worry about it. Okay, so, um, and he said, I don't remember what else he said to me. He said something else, and I, like, 
literally was on my tiptoes. I had grabbed him by the shirt, like the scruff of his shirt, and pulled him up to me and basically started going off on him about how he couldn't talk to me like that and he was going to leave. But before I got done with that, like six customers grabbed him and took him outside and freaking basically pummeled him in the parking lot, which I didn't think was necessary. But, um, yeah, um, that guy was probably kind of sorry about that. (laughs) But um, as time progressed, though, um, uh, at least at the bars that I worked at, you know, you might have had much different experiences at all the places that you worked. Um, the the overall, uh, well, still people, there's still people out there that look down on people in the service industry uh, and think lowly of us just uh, because we don't, uh, just because they can, it seems like at times. Um, but... Uh, but the way that the, the things like sexual harassment and, uh, other things like that, I, I don't know, uh, I didn't really witness it all that much. Uh, I mean, there were, there were a couple days that I do remember, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't all, all day, every day. Uh, would you, did that change over, over time? Did you notice? There was not a such thing as sexual harassment. That wasn't even a thing. True. That became more of a 90s thing. They didn't even name that uh, in the 80s. As as a sexual harassment, there wasn't, like I said, you just dealt with it. Mm. You, d- you dealt with whatever anyone said. And if you, like I said, if you had a problem, you, if you could go to somebody about it, that would take care of it for you or you would ignore it and you would just deal with it. Mm. It wasn't really something that, you know, you would constantly, you know, get in invited for, you know, come over for, for sex or come and do this. Or, you know, I, I was working in a hotel. I had some customers that said, There'll be a hundred dollar bill waiting for you at the front desk if you come and a room key. Oh, okay, yeah, that's scary. There's a room key and a hundred dollar bill if you come to my room after work, which yeah. I never did. No, but mm-hmm. I'm sure people did though. I, this is how they would, you know, like why why would you assume that unless you've already gotten away with it before? Right. You know, people thought it was okay to do that. In today's day and age, I think somebody would be very hesitant to do that unless they were, you know, positive about who they were targeting. Mm. I don't I don't see your average guy doing that anymore. Yeah, uh it it's might it might happen. I mean, I'm sure it's done in Vegas. Or, you know, because it probably always has been. But I wouldn't say, you know, I would say back in the 80s, it was completely acceptable to do stuff like that. And either you you took the opportunity or you didn't take it. Mm-hmm. So you walked away from it. Right. And, you know, I was, you know, I needed $100 just as much as anyone, but come on. Right. 
I mean, just the fact that they had the audacity to do that yeah. would just be a reason not to do it. That's you know? really gutsy. Uh, that's the only one word that I can come up with right now. I uh, wish I could think of No, but that's how they worse. were. But, so yeah. this is in the 80s. This is what happy hour was in the 80s. It's like an episode of Mad it, Men. It completely changed in the 90s. Mm. When I went from Charlie's Bar and Grill, the hotel... Mm-hmm. to Oswego Bar and Grill in Lake Oswego. Um, Charlie's was the hotel in the 80s, and then I moved to Oswego Grill in the 90s. Okay, in the 80s, happy hour was like what you would think of a nightclub. Happy hour was you dressed to your best. The women dressed in nice dresses, high heels, your basic five to seven happy hour, mm-hmm. all done up, all fancied out, all the nice jewelry. The guys had Armani suits on. They had gold jewelry because that was a thing. They had the Rolex watches. They had gold chains. Everybody met up for happy hour. Everybody was dressed to the nines mm. for happy hour. And that went on through most of the eighties. By the nineties, happy hour changed to freaking polo shirts and khaki shorts. Now you think that was a change of the times or do you, uh, do you think that was a change of the venue? It was change. It was both. Mm. Cause you said you uh, went from one bar to it, went from working in a hotel bar to uh, uh, a restaurant bar. And, uh, well, see, this was in, so 1985 mm-hmm. to probably 1990 when I first started in 85. That's how fancy it was. Mm-hmm. They used to have um, hire these people uh, to come in that had lingerie products and people that came in and had furs and they would walk in the girls were hired to walk in little models to walk in through happy hour and and model lingerie and model no kidding furs all through you know to the clients in the in the happy hour in the hotel there were pet they were peddling stuff (sighs) uh for people during happy hour yeah they had businesses that would come in and and they had their little models go through and wow try and sell stuff to people Mm mm-hmm yeah, they were actually short a model one day, and I got to model a fur coat and walk around the bar. That was <laughs> kind of fun. I bet that was cool. It was kind of fun. But, you know, when I got to Oswego Grill, 85 to 91, I worked at Charlie's, and they are Sweetbriar Inn. So, and the clubs, clubs were huge. Mm-hmm. Clubs were enormously huge still. So I was there for six years. My first, you know, from 85 at least until 85 till at least the first four years there, it was very fancy. All the dining was tuxedos, mm-hmm. professional dining, opening the wine at the table, having them taste the wine. Which that brings up a question that I've always wondered. If they ask for a wine and then you let them taste a little or something like that, if they decide they hate it, what do you do with it? 
You get rid of it and bring them another bottle. Do you charge them for the other bottle? Nope. Oh, okay. Something, no. I, something I've always wondered. <laughs> nope. They don't like it, then you get rid of it, or I don't know, maybe we drank it. I don't mm-hmm. remember. Or try. They, would you try to sell it to another table? Or No. Oh. No. I mean, possibly, when, when I first started there, I was in fine dining, so possibly they might have poured that bottle off in the bar. Or something, mm-hmm. I guess. But you, yeah, we would definitely a, a dining room customer. You would bring them a completely brand new bottle. Now that has to go along with the uh, questions questions about liquor costs um, of uh, yesterday versus today. We're going to take a quick minute here to congratulate Adam Fournier for becoming the United States Bartender of the Year 2021. Adam competed recently in the world-class U.S. bartending competition brought to you by the United States Bartenders Guild and Diageo. He competed in tough competition against the 50 other best bartenders of the year to win the number one position. Congratulations to him. If you want to catch any of the past moments from the world-class bartending competition, go to www.diageobaracademy.com and you can watch all the action up until April 14th. Just go to www.diageobaracademy.com, click on the banner World Class and register, and you'll be able to watch until April 14th all the competition leading up to Adam's number one position. Congratulations to him. And there's also a bunch of other stuff that you can check out there. They also have many events from expert-led panels, including food flavors and loyalty, batching for to-go and delivery, and decoding menus. Remember to visit www.diageobaracademy.com. Click on World Class and register by April 13th to access the entire event. And best of all, it's all free and on demand. Go register today. Hey, bartender. The change in the 90s, it almost went from... It, how do you say it? Formal wear to business casual, it sounds like, um, the difference between the 80, uh, 80s and 90s. Yeah, so in the 80s, I was cocktailing with three-inch heels on for nine hours a day. Wow. And we had to wear skimpy cocktail dresses. Mm-hmm. At first, when we started there, we were wearing these crazy little cheerleader outfits. Literally cheerleader outfits. Mm -hmm. And then later it came to like these polyester, like wrap around really short in the front, longer in the back with like a sequin belt and three inch heels. Do you feel like a showgirl or? Yeah, they were (laughs) disgusting. And I went through so many pantyhose. It's not even funny. Mm -hmm. You know, when we, cause we had to wear pantyhose. Right. You probably had those, uh, when pantyhose used to come in those plastic eggs, you probably had those all yeah, over the place. legs, pantyhose, legs, <laughs> pantyhose. I think I, I spent a million dollars on legs, pantyhose back in the day. <laughs> so, and of course they were black. Of course. Um, but you get one run in them, you can't wear them again. Right. And, uh. Which happened easily. And then in the 90s in um, Oswego, Bar and Grill, it was kind of like an Oswego 
on the lake kind of place. Mm-hmm. So in the daytime, we had to wear polos and, and khaki shorts. And then if we worked like dinner and then cocktailing, we had to actually change our clothes into the nighttime wardrobe, which was a black skirt and a tuxedo shirt and a tie. Mm-hmm. So we had to actually go in and change if we worked dinner and then cocktail. That's uh, now just the uniforms alone. That's changed a lot. Yeah, uh, even up to the point where I started bartending in '99, uh, because all the cl- uh, all the places that I went to, not that I went to any fine dining or uh, a lot of clubs, but uh, even the uh, strip Beans clubs, and bar shirts. Uh, even the strip clubs, the uh, the uh, the uh, cocktail waitresses didn't dress like that. They wore vests and black pants in a white shirt most of the time. Well, it just got when I and then I was in Wankers in the nineties. It was blue jeans and bar shirts. Yeah, that's, you wore logo bar shirts and you wore jeans. Yeah, that's the way it started out for me. Well, well, and when I was a banquet bartender, I had to wear a really stupid vest and a stupid, even dumber bow tie. Yeah, we did. I did banquets too. And yeah. We had to wear we had to wear the tuxedo. I call them the tuxedos. Yeah. But when uh, when I got when I met you, uh, it was the uh, the Hawaiian shirts and jeans. That's it. Yeah, and well, yeah, the Hawaiian shirt, and that's what Wankers had to do. Yeah. At first, we had the Hawaiian shirts, but then we started incorporating just liquor T-shirts that we could wear mm-hmm. um, when we were doing promos and stuff. But yeah, your jeans and your Hawaiian shirt, depending on the bar that you worked in you know, would depend on what shirt, but they, you know, out here where it's more casual, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what they were doing downtown at that point. Cause I didn't really go downtown, but the club, the club started dying out in the nineties. Right. And you were lucky to find many places to go dancing. See, uh... all, all of them started closing down. There was, there was too much, fights and and uh shootings and things like that and one by one all the big clubs start closing down right do you, do you think that it was just a sign of the times uh you know just or just a trend that all of this uh you know from wearing cocktail skirts all the way up to being able to just wear jeans uh, well, i think that life became more ca- casual even the um through the years even the the big wig car guys that I knew, because um, a lot of them that were with me over at the hotel started coming over to um, Oswego Grill when I worked, mm-hmm. and they're dressing they're dressing different too. They're in khakis, they're in polo shirts. They're not sporting their Armani suits anymore. They're not sporting the gold jewelry. You know, I think it's just the change of environment and change of times and you know at the time that was what you were supposed to wear right and then it changed now, and dur- then everybody got more casual and casual was acceptable mm-hmm. it was more sporty and it, it was more trendy 
I think it was more maybe of a trend. Now, you when, know, when we when we used to go um, to work back in the eighties, if we were planning on going out after work, like we would go out to like Holiday Inn or something mm. after work, we would bring heels and a freaking dress, a fancy dress. Oh, really? Yeah. So we would change out of our work clothes and get into high heels and a fancy dress to go over to to flirts at the Holiday Inn. Right. To go dancing. And you would dress up after work. You know, now people go to uh, they go to the bars in their pajamas, basically, you know, for gosh yeah. sakes. <laughs> you know, they're in freaking sweats and slippers. They don't care. Nobody cares anymore. You know, it it's it just became not a thing to dress up when you go out. Right. It's not as much of an event or a big deal anymore to be able to go out. It's just something you do. Yeah, it's not about dressing up. I mean, people, I mean, even if people even dress up for New Year's Eve, I would be surprised. Mm-hmm. You know, well, nowadays, I don't believe they probably do because nobody gets to go out right now. But, right. I mean, Literally, how many times a year does a woman actually dress up to go out anywhere? Maybe to a wedding. True. But where else? I mean, no dining. I don't believe any dining establishment nowadays requires people to dress up. I mean, there used to be places. Yeah, black tie only. They wouldn't let you in unless you had a tie. Yeah. And a jacket. And a jacket, yeah. For guys. Yeah, I, I mean, that was that was a thing for a long time. I remember uh, they would give you a tie and a jacket to wear. They actually had spare ones. Right. You're gonna have to put this on, or you can't come in. I remember I used to feel sorry every once in a while for some of the uh, women that came into uh, came into our bar because you know they they'd show up there with their husband and they just you know, got finished with a date and, you know, it's their anniversary or something like that. And she's dressed in the nines. He's actually wearing a shirt that has buttons on it. And all she does is sit at, sit at the buddy bar and watch him play pool with his buddies all night long. I, I actually felt sorry for those girls for some reason. Well, um, I don't know if I feel sorry for them because I think that that was their choice. Uh, true. And if you want to be that person, then I'm sorry for that. If you want to be that person, mm-hmm. you should, I don't, I wouldn't do it. Right. I mean, if, if you go out with somebody, then you're supposed to be out with them. Right. But if that's their choice, then I guess that's okay. And I get, I understand why you would feel bad for them. Yeah. But, you know, if, I don't know, I just wouldn't do something like that. I don't know uh, how common that was. I mean, I I'd seen a lot of uh, a lot of people, you know, whether it's uh, whether it was lottery or uh, a video game or shooting pool in a bar. Uh, the other person that came in with them was usually, uh, you know, just happy just uh, just to be hanging out, pretty much. Uh, but uh, every once in a while, I could see that look in that another person's face, like. Oh God, he's going to do another one. He's going to play another game or something, whatever, you know? Yeah. Well, we've been there. Yeah. You and I've been there before. Yeah. 
but uh is yeah going out uh from is not nearly as formal anymore it's almost uh even when i was bartending uh back in uh you know early 2000s it was oh well i well i used to kind of uh, set that apart from it was just the atmosphere of the bars that i worked at you know uh places that we worked out in wilsonville attracted more of the blue collar workers well, and it's just amazing just going because the bar I worked in was in Tualatin, okay? Right. That's not fancy. You didn't go out unless you dressed up. Right. Period. You didn't come out in your jeans and a t-shirt into the bar. No one did. Right. It just didn't happen. But But by the 90s, it was okay. But in the 80s, the early 80s, it was not okay. Mm. So I'm assuming that even before that, before I was even, you know, out there, I'm assuming that was going on, you know, in the 70s also. Yeah. You know, my parents would go out often and they always dress up. Sure. If they were going out. They always were dressed in, you know, full suit and my dad was in full suit and mom was in dad had all the suits. They wore suits to work. Yeah. Okay? Which doesn't happen that often anymore. Nobody does that anymore. Yeah. They wore, he had every suit, every color, every tie. He wore suits every day of his life. Right. Dress suits to work. That is not even a thing. It hasn't been a thing since the '90s. And uh, no. your dad was the uh, the wine editor for the Oregonian, so uh, that was kind of the way he had to per- portray himself. It wasn't it. Yeah, he was an editor for the Oregonian, but I mean, he would just go to the Oregonian mostly mm. and be on the computer. Mm. But he was wearing a suit. I mean, he was just in the building. I mean, he would certainly go to functions, and Dad used to do also a restaurant column for the journal. Mm -hmm. But when they went to work, he went to work, he wore suit every day since I was a child. And it didn't start changing until the, you know, he was retired by then and didn't start changing until the 90s. Well, I even remember my dad when when he'd go to work. And uh, my mother also. Unless you work construction or something. Yeah. I even remember when my my parents went to work in the 80s. uh, Mom dressed in a nice dress. Dad would uh, wear a suit and tie. But then uh, as times changed, it became a lot more casual. But then uh, dad was still wearing a tie to work. But then all of a sudden his work said, nope, you get a uniform. And so pretty much wearing a tie went out the window. Right after that. Well, yeah. I mean, it depends on what your business was. Yeah. But dad, uh, just like your dad, uh, all he did was sit in an office at a computer. and Well, that's what dad did too. But yeah. he wore a suit every day. Yeah. That man had like every color of suit possible. <laughs> I don't even know how many ties he had. You give him a lot of ties for Christmas? Oh, he got ties all the time. But he's, he's <laughs> sorry. He went from like really... Pretty fancy ties down to like Bugs Bunny ties and <laughs> Looney Tunes. And, you know, he 
you know, then he started wearing fun ties, but he was still wearing the suit. Sure. But then it branched out into like not these like Armani ties. He would be wearing like fun ties. Right. You know, and so they started lightening up at some point. Yeah, that that was just a uh, sign of the times uh, at that point in time. Just uh, it from the eighties to versus today. The eighties to the nineties was, you know, I feel like I'm pretty blessed to have gone through both of those decades because they were so different and even to now and even from, you know, I'll just say, you know, date myself and say from the seventies because everything each decade was just highly different from the other one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 2000 is the same way. It's going to be different. It's already started, you know? Yeah. I'm actually, uh, kind of, you know, like you mentioned earlier that, uh, nobody got to go out to express themselves in a bar for the last year. But, uh, out here, uh, in Texas where I live, uh, all the governor opened up all businesses to operate at full capacity and left it up to the businesses whether or not to wear ma- uh, the customers have to wear masks or not. Well, they opened up Arizona too, which is where my son is, and right. they opened up Arizona also. And actually, they opened up some of the biggest states that had the highest rates. Right. So I don't, I don't get it, but um, I don't know what's happening, like with the numbers. Over there, if they're spiking, but I know out here in Oregon, we can't even have one single holiday and we get a spike. No, really? So, Is it that bad out there? It's always been that. I mean, we're certainly not up there with Florida. I mean, but... My family plays it down. Well, my sister talks about it a lot, uh, but my, my parents, they talk, uh, they, they're just like, meh. They, I mean, they, uh, they just recently got their uh, COVID shots, but... Um, actually their first shot, their second shot in a couple weeks, but their base, uh, I tried to talk my dad out of being a bus driver anymore and, uh, you know, keep him away from the public, but he's like, oh, I wear a mask. I'm fine. And my mom, she likes staying home. She doesn't like being around people unless she's in a casino. So I've been healthier this year than I have been in many previous other years. And you do, uh, attribute that to wearing a mask? I really have to, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't like the mask. I'm not unlike anyone else, but I wear it. Mm-hmm. So I wear it because I have to. Um, as soon as I can take that sucker off, it comes off exactly. when I get home. But um, I'm required to wear it, but I haven't even gotten a cold this year. Not even a cold. Yeah, you, so, you used I'm to sorry, come down mask with is doing something. I would have bronchitis every year, no yeah, matter what. Yeah, you used to come down with bronchitis pretty bad every year. I remember. Really bad. Yeah. Yeah, I had it bad all the time. At least once a year. And you know, people can ditz on the mask if they want to. And that's their right. And I do believe people have a right to choose, but when you're in a pandemic and there's a requirement for what your work or whatever, then you have to wear it. So get over it. 
But uh, in the situation that you're at right now, you're uh, yeah. uh, at the job that you have right now, majority of your customers are wearing a mask. Would you say majority? Well, I have two jobs, mm-hmm. as you know. Yeah. And everyone wears masks at both jobs. Okay. Now and we have temp stations at both jobs. Okay, it's time to give Shannon a little bit of a break and introduce this week's well, you know what? I I don't feel like I can introduce this week's musical guest because they always introduce me. Yes, this week I am bringing back Laura Hope and the Arctones, available on June 25th. Their new album, Here to Tell the Tale, will be released. But for now, just to satisfy people like me who love their sound, uh, they've got their first single coming out, and I've got it right here on Hey Bartender Podcast. So to you guys... From their album to be released on June 25th, here is Laura Hope and the Arctones with their new single, Let's Go.
Once again, that was Lower Hope and their arc tones with their single Let's Go. If you want to find out more about them and where to download their music, head on over to their website, laurahopeinthearc-tones.com. I think I'm just a sucker for the good rockabilly beat. I mean, if you didn't get up and dance to that song, I don't know what the hell's wrong with you. In fact, uh, here's a, uh, something Shannon had to say about working in the bar and having to dance. It was a requirement. Check this story out. Now you remember that you remember that. Now. Well, please, please, uh, please so tell annoying. My, it was so annoying. Please tell my listeners about dance class and what it was for, because I don't know if bars still do that any anywhere, but I don't think that anybody's ever done it before. I don't know. <laughs> we had to learn dance routines to certain songs and we had to have dance class. And then throughout the period of, of cocktail evening, if they called out cocktailers to the dance floor, then you had to run out there and do this dance routine. Stop serving whatever you were serving. Stop waiting on all your tables and run out and do a dance on the dance floor. <laughs> and that has to get obnoxious. Cause uh, even I see, no, we, we didn't like it. We had to, you know, we had food that was going out. We were serving drinks. We're doing, you know, and we had to put everything down and stop what we we're doing and run out to the dance floor and do a dance routine. Now that was in the nineties, right? Yes. Okay. Um, because 91. Because a lot of the corporate restaurants, I see the servers roll their eyes just when they hear that there's somebody's birthday in the restaurant, and they all have to put down what they they're doing and clap. go sing and clap. No, and we had to do a, a, a minute and a half dance routine. And you, but you actually had to dance for the whole restaurant. It was completely choreographed. <laughs> we actually had dance class that we had to take to do these dance routines on the dance floor. And I don't remember how many of them we learned exactly. Was that, you know, I think we learned new ones later. Like, I think we originally learned some, and then I think later we learned new ones and they would literally clear the dance floor. Mm. If there was anybody out there so that we were the only ones out there. Mm Hmm. I think I remember the only song that I remember you talking about that you danced to was "Give Me Some Lovin'." But were uh, what were others? Yeah, well, I I was actually trying to run that through my head. Yeah, we, <laughs> sorry, we definitely uh, had that one. Yeah, I'm two steps ahead of you. Sorry. <laughs> um, I remember. Um, the kids got a kick out of it though, because I would. Um, they were pretty little then, still, and I would. I would go home and put the music on and I would teach them the dance <laughs> like my nieces and my kids. And I would teach them the dance and they thought it was super fun. Yeah. But, um, give me some love. And I think is the one that stands out in my mind the most. <laughs> and I can't remember the other ones. I think I've blocked them for some weird reason. You get that urge when you, uh, to start dancing, when you hear that, uh, beginning of that song. Of ding, 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 ding. No, I mean, you know me. You know me. I dance to all songs. True. So. Very true. 
if you were still working in a bar right now where people can wear a mask, people have to wear a mask when they walk into the restaurant, but as soon as they sit down, they're allowed to take off the mask because they have to eat. Uh, do you think that would be the same thing? Like if I would be comfortable? Yeah. I mean, you're still wearing a mask, but they're not. I think I would be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not comfortable, you shouldn't be doing that job. Right. So, because obviously those people know what they're dealing with. Yeah. You know, I went into my local bar um, to get something to eat with my girlfriends the other day uh, for my birthday. Yeah. And um, the manager who was wearing a mask just came and sat right next to me. I wasn't wearing a mask. He was feeling comfortable. Mm. I think it just depends on your comfort. You know, that, that waitress has the ability to stay three feet away from the table and still take an order. Right. If they want to, or they can sit down with the customer. I don't know. I think it just depends on your comfort zone. And if you're really just not comfortable about it, then you shouldn't be doing that job right now. Right. I personally wouldn't have gone out unless I felt comfortable with the way that they were controlling the situation. Mm-hmm. Would have been just like I, would have been just like old times with you and me. Close up the bar and then head over uh, to the grocery store buy buy yourself a bottle of Chardonnay and just go home and buy the grilled cheese sandwich fixings. Right. <laughs> you know, watch a few episodes of Buffy. Yeah, exactly. And fall asleep. <laughs> so. Now, one thing I have to bring up, uh, just because uh, it used to be our thing. Uh, you know, I've talked about, uh, rituals that we would do after, uh, after closing up the bar, you know, we'd go, go to the diner, just hang out at somebody's house. But, uh, when you and I used to have a somewhat of a contest where, uh, we our money contest, right. Uh, for all the listeners, uh, you and I would sit at your dining room table and pull all of our tips out of our pockets, out of our crown royal bags, whatever. And, you know, start sorting out all the bills and get all the ones in the, into a stack. And then I'd hand you mine and say, guess how much is in there? And it scared me that you were always within two, three dollars every time. Sometimes I was right on. So, yeah, too. there were times where you were right on. And, uh, and we did it with quarters. We did it with quarters, too? Well, I did it with quarters. <laughs> I could tell you how much quarters were in my freaking tip jar. <laughs> I know how much quarters fit in my hand. Ah, uh, right. I still know how many quarters fit in my hand. I can fit $10 a quarters in my hand <laughs> comfortably mm-hmm. without them falling. Yeah, I just got a feel for the ones somehow, and... Even if they were all crinkled, you know, and you had to unfold them and you had to do all this stuff with them and lay them out. You didn't you know, even, I, you didn't even flare them out or anything like that. You just pinched it and kind of weighed it in your hand a little bit and you were able to get that number. 
just from doing money for so many years. I mean, I I was always so glad because I was always tempted to say, uh, if you guess if you guess how many is in uh, in this pile, you can have it, and I, and you would guess it. And I'd it's say, a good thing you didn't do yeah, that. <laughs> I would lose money constantly. <laughs> you would have lost so much money, Aunt. <laughs> Because I was pretty good at it. I got really good at it. I sucked at it. You gave me, you would give me your pile and I'd be off by like 10, 15 bucks. I still, I still to this day cannot count a till without trying to guess how many ones are in it. <laughs> like at, at my work, I mean, I'll have this stack of ones that is not rubber band that some, they turned in or whatever. And I'll be like, Okay, is there 25 here? Uh, yeah, there's 25. Mm. You know, and I'll still, you know, I don't deal with as much money as I used to deal with. Right. Yeah, I used to deal with quarters, too, guessing how many quarters that I had. Uh, it was pretty fun. And uh, you, by far, had the most impressive uh, quarter collection. I remember you building up, like, three buckets full plus two or three uh, Cuervo 1800 bottles. Oh, I forgot about that. Uh, that was like the bartender's savings account, typically. I mean, <laughs> we'd fill up 1800 bottles or uh, beer buckets or something like that. Yeah, because those add up. Those quarters add up. Yeah, I'd get uh, 10 to $20 a night in quarters. Yeah. It used to piss Cass off so bad. Just, How come you guys don't cash in your ones at the end of the night? We don't want to. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't want to because <laughs> I'd I'd we'd I'd shove them in crown bag and bring them home. Mm-hmm. I didn't like to count them at work. I could bring them home and count them, so I always had a crown bag with me, mm-hmm. and and I'd shove them in the crown bag and I I bring the crown bag home. Sometimes I didn't even count them that night. Sometimes I wait till I have two or three crown bags and then then I count them. Right, and be like. What night was this from? I forget. <laughs> so, yeah, it was just like, I don't know, it was like a surprise at the end of the evening. So I'd like to get home and relax and then count my money after I was done closing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's one thing I miss about bartending is is uh, the tips. Yeah, the take-home pay, that took me a long time to get over and get real start to realize oh i only have this much money this week well yeah because when you go to your your average getting paid every week or every other week or whatever it is then you don't have that those daily tips Mm. to uh count on well anyway shannon i'm gonna uh wrap up the show here so um uh real quick Thank you so much for coming back onto the show and give us giving us a little bit of a point of view on uh, what life in the bar was um, back in the eighties and nineties compared to what they are in the two thousands uh, in two thousand tens now twenties I guess yeah twenties we wouldn't know about right now but <laughs> but thank you so much for coming back on the show and well, I appreciate you having me. I mean, uh, I'm, I am taking advantage of a friend uh, by, you know, since you're a bartender and I'm running a bartender podcast, I I'm, I'm, I take advantage of you to be on the show. And, and I greatly appreciate that you're very cooperative about it. 
Well, and I very appreciate your probably very necessary editing. Yeah, <laughs> so. all right. Because with all my randomness, I don't know how you're going to possibly do it, but I bet you'll figure it out. Okay, people, it is last call, last call for alcohol. Come on up to the bar, get uh, get one more before you head home, but please remember if you do go for that one quick one before you go home, make sure you drive safe. I want to uh, send out a special thanks to Shannon Moore, my longtime friend who is generous enough to give me her time to talk about some serious issues and some funny issues on my podcast. We've been friends for over 20 years. And, you know, that's probably the closest that you guys will probably ever experience to a real conversation between her and me. Uh, We both can go on forever. I actually deleted a lot from this uh, podcast in order to uh, make times meet. So uh, maybe I'll do a part two a little bit later. But also thank Laura Hope and the Arctones. Uh, for letting me use their single Let's Go. Go check them out on iTunes, Spotify. Go to their website, www.laurahopeinthearc-tones.com. Find out more about them, because, you know, come on. That sounded awesome, didn't it? And also, thanks to Diageo Bar Academy for giving me tonight's drink special. Remember, guys, if you want to up your game on the behind the bar, you want to learn some new drinks... You want to learn more things about the restaurant industry you might not know? Head on over to DiageoBarAcademy.com and go check out everything that they have. They have drink recipes. They have uh, masterclass seminars sort of things. It's a lot of information, and it best of all, it's all free. So go check out www.DiageoBarAcademy.com. So until next time, ladies and gentlemen, as usual... I wish you all lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness, and don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's last go? I just got here.